Life changes when you make yourself a priority and when you choose to take responsibility for your happiness and healing. By listening to this podcast, you'll learn about adoption from all sides of the adoption triad and you'll walk away with self-healer tools so that you know how to adopt yourself and transform your life by accepting, choosing, unconditionally loving, and prioritizing you. You don't have to be an adoptee to adopt yourself. Anyone can do it. And remember, adoption doesn't happen overnight and neither does adopting yourself. So practice patience and self-compassion and message me if you have any questions or desire guidance. Thank you for listening. I love you. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Adopt Yourself. I am sitting here sipping some yummy cacao which if you aren't uh, knowledgeable about cacao, it is chocolate um, in its purest form, and it is a beautiful heart opener and a plant medicine that I consume almost every day. Um, It has been transformational and beautiful in my life. It's a superfood as well, and um, just sitting here, reflecting on life. Reflecting on my relationship with my biological families. And I recorded this episode um, a few days ago because I knew I would be out of town on Sunday. Um, I was joyfully with Soul Sisters and Big Bear and had a beautiful, beautiful weekend together. So I recorded this podcast beforehand was going to post it on Sunday and after I recorded the podcast and I was packing the car heading out I was just felt intuitively I was speaking from a wound and not from a scar regarding my relationships with my biological families and as I leaned into it more I realized I'm not sure when this will become a scar and I don't like sharing when I'm in a wound. I much prefer sharing when I've moved through the healing and I am in the scar phase of any experience um, or circumstance. And I really just felt called to share in a multi-part series because there's so much growth happening surrounding my relationship with my biological families. Um, But to really just share openly, vulnerably, transparently about Pandora's box. When you start to look into your biological families, you are literally opening Pandora's box. You have no idea what's going to come out of it. You have no control. You have no idea if people even know about you existing and as an adoptee. And so, so many emotions come up when you move through this. And what I've been experiencing lately has reminded me of things I always tell my clients. 
when they are dealing with their biological families or when they are dealing with their adoptive families. And that's this. Honor your journey for being your journey. Honor your experiences as your experiences. Honor others' experiences as being theirs. And know that you create your own identity. Your worth is not determined by whether you were kept or given up for adoption. Your identity is not that of your biological families or your adoptive families. The behaviors of your biological families or your adoptive families do not determine your worth. They do not create your identity. You create your own identity. And you are worthy for simply existing. And as I have been navigating more of reuniting myself... I've realized how hesitant I've been with sharing my story and how I kept putting off sharing more about adoption and more about adoptee healing because I didn't want anything I said to possibly offend my birth mother or to make her feel any sort of guilt or shame or any low-frequency vibration of an emotion And that prevented me from sharing my truth, from sharing my experiences, from sharing about my offerings. And I was letting the potential of someone, the little potential bit, the potential reality of someone possibly interpreting me or my words or my experiences in a way that I didn't desire and that is out of my control. I am powerless over people, places, and things. I am powerless over how someone interprets me. And I prevented myself from sharing because I was, and still somewhat am, so scared to hinder my relationship that I do have with my birth mother because it is not as strong as I would wish it to be. And so that's why I've, one of the reasons why I've been so hesitant with sharing. And I'm not letting it stop me anymore because it's out of my control. And I have been guided uh, to share So, there is no right or wrong way to navigate biological family reunions. The most important thing for an adoptee to do is to honor yourself first. There are so many layers to life, especially to life as an adoptee, because not only do we have our parents, our adoptive parents, but we have our biological families. Sometimes our biological families might have kept us a secret. Sometimes our adoptive families might have kept our adoption a secret. And for any adoptee out there listening, 
honor yourself first. Honor your experiences, honor your emotions, embrace your emotions, even if you don't like the feeling of them in the moment, embrace them, fully feel them, fully experience them so that you're then able to release and move through them. If we are hesitant or if we repress our emotions, they come back stronger. So it's first so important to just let yourself feel. And any emotion won't last that long. It might last 90 seconds. And I myself have battled depression. um, And I know that I have been hesitant to let myself fully feel any emotion that feels anything towards like it's on the path of depression. And I realized that when I would fight it, it would come back stronger. And so if you need some support in moving through the heaviness, I'm here. I also host a support group um, every Tuesday and info is in the show notes. But know that you are not alone. And know that you can move through these emotions. You can move through these feelings. You can move through these experiences. They're not going to last a lifetime. They're only lasting for a short amount of time. And when you let yourself move through them, you can get to the other side. You can get to more clarity. You can get to more balance. You can get to more ease and more light. Um, There's a lot that comes with navigating biological family reunions. Um, It's like, where do I even begin? (laughs) So I have been very lucky that um, I had an open adoption. And if you haven't listened to my story, um, check out one of the earlier episodes where I talk more about my adoption story. But To those who haven't heard it yet, a brief recap of where I'm at. Uh, I had an open adoption, which I'm very grateful for. As I know, a lot of adoptees are challenged with getting any information. Um, And I know just how how rare this is um, for me to have and receive. So I had an open adoption, and my mother and my biological mother would actually mail each other letters back and forth and pictures. So as I was growing up, my my birth mother received pictures of me and learned more about what I was doing in my life as I did her. And when I was about 15 or 16 years old, I uh, started emailing with her myself. And back then, I had no idea what to say. I had 5 million questions to ask her. And... But I was so scared with, I was just so scared and hesitant to ask her the really big questions because I wanted to still keep a relationship with her. I didn't want to scare her off. And that is what I am navigating now, 16 years later. I'm still navigating the fear of scaring her off, the fear of me being too intimidating or me asking too deep or too deep or challenging of a question. Um, And you know what? It's just for me to accept and keep accepting. And so through this email correspondence over the past like 15, 16 years, I was so attached 
to one day meeting her in person. As a young child, I had the fantasy, I dreamed the fantasy of meeting her in person, of hugging her, of looking in her eyes, of seeing my face in hers, of smelling her hair, of touching her skin, and of hearing her voice and feeling like I was home. That longing that I've always had my entire life to just hear her voice again. It might not ever happen. And that's okay. That's for me to accept. That's for me to let go of. And as I'm drinking water. And I attached so much onto her. This fantasy I attached onto her. I put her on a pedestal. I. My entire life was about meeting her. And when could that happen? What could I do? What, where would I meet her? Like all of these things. And the past six years, I really got to the place of like, all right, I actually want to make this happen. Then the past two years is when I've really got into the place of like, okay, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this happen. You can't do that with one person. The other person needs to be ready and in a place and open to receive, open to open to just share that relationship. And I realized that I was so attached to the moment of seeing someone face to face that looked like me that I wanted that so badly that I didn't even think about growing the relationship in a way that was a little slower and a little more stable. And so I didn't ask her to get on the phone. I asked her to meet in person immediately. Not immediately, but I asked her to meet in person, which is a much bigger thing. And she said yes. And then when I sent her dates that I could meet her she the next day she emailed me back saying she's just not ready to bring me into her life right now which I think I shared in another episode and although it hurt hearing that I accepted it and I understood that that's just her space right now and I honor that and knowing that, okay, maybe there will be a time that we communicate more, that we grow our relationship more. Maybe there might be a time that I meet her in person one day. But I have zero control over that. And the past year, um, ever since I got that email, the past year I've really been surrendering to what I cannot control to detaching with love and being mindful of my energetic investments and where things are, you know, return on intentionality. Am I getting something back? And it's really heartbreaking at times to move through that with biological families because for me at least as an adoptee I fantasized about 
meeting more brothers and sisters or cousins and having these other relationships with more people, feeling like I had another family because I actually do. And so much of it was tied to her, of her being the one. I put, I felt as though I put all my cards in one basket, all my eggs in one basket. (laughs) And I didn't really focus on other family members. I was so attached to her. And a lot of that comes from me just having a longing for her as a child to a mother and hearing her voice that I heard in the womb for nine months, you know, being in her energy field where I had been, where I came from. And the process of letting go has been extremely challenging of letting go of any expectation. It's been really challenging and I emailed her three weeks ago when I started to navigate more of um, family reunions through Ancestry DNA and 23andMe. And I emailed her, you know, just a general, like, thinking of you, how are you type of email. And that was 21 days ago, and I haven't heard back. And part of me is in the, oh, did she receive the email? Did she get it? Did she get it? But then I've seen her on social media watching my stories, so I know she's alive. I And my best bet is she received the email and probably just isn't in a space to grow the relationship the way I desire. And that's for me to accept. No matter how badly I want to change that, no matter how badly I want to grow a relationship with her, no matter how badly I want to celebrate the holidays with her, to do all these things that I always wanted, it's for me to accept what it is just as it is and to honor her experience and to honor her reply of not replying. And... I know that there's so many adoptees who can relate to the waiting game, especially those who have only had an address and would handwrite a card and mail it, and that waiting game of, did they know I exist? Are they going to write back? Why aren't they writing back? And I can sit here and keep spiraling of why isn't she writing back, or I can sit here and just accept and honor her just as she is. And for me to keep going on my journey, for me to honor myself, for me to honor her, and for me to just accept. Acceptance has been very challenging for me with this relationship um, because I was so attached I was so attached to an outcome with her. I was so attached to an outcome. More so than probably any other attachment I've ever had. And that's why I know I'm not sure when I will speak from the scar of it. Because I feel like it's an ongoing thing throughout my life. 
of trying to better a relationship with her in any way I can. But knowing that relationships have two sides. And if some one person's investing, if we have two cups, each of us have our own cup full. A relationship is the third cup that both of us pour into. And if I'm the only one pouring into it, I'm just going to keep draining myself. But if she starts to pour in a little bit, then okay, maybe I'll keep pouring. But if she's not willing to pour her into her in from her cup into our cup then I'm just going to stop pouring and part of that feels like giving up even though I know it's not but it's challenging to just let go it's challenging to stop trying And the best thing I can do for myself is to just honor myself. And if I do have the desire to reach out to her again one day, I will. But I'm not going to chase someone who isn't going to pour into our relationship. And as I've been surrendering to what I cannot control... Other really, really beautiful things have been coming into my life around my biological families. And it's one of those things that the second you start seeking information is when all these other things come towards you in ways you didn't really think were possible. So, and there's just so many layers to the emotions that come up around this. So any adoptee who's out there, you are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. Um, I was guided um, to start looking for my biological father. And 23andMe came up, and so I did 23andMe, and... And when I say I was guided, um, in my meditations, I have different guides and ancestors come to me. And one of my ancestors came to me and said, it's time to look for your father now. And um, that there's something for me on the other side of it with my uh, offerings to the world. It's tied to him. Um, And so... I was very hesitant because I was like, oh, I'm still navigating this thing with my biological mother. And I I don't feel like her and I are in a strong enough space to even talk about my birth father. So that's part of why I haven't looked for him is that I'd rather just ask her instead of navigate on my own. But with where we're at, it's best for me to just honor my journey And so when this ancestor came to me in meditation, I knew, okay, it's fine, it's safe, I can do this. And so I sent my DNA to 23andMe, and I matched with a first cousin who looks like my sister. And in the moments of me seeing her profile picture and just being in complete awe 
and shock. I had so many emotions come up of just scared. Scared to be rejected by her. Scared to just the fear of rejection came up so strong for me. And I realized, why is fear of rejection coming up for me? Where am I rejecting myself? And I was rejecting part of my journey. I was trying so hard, so badly to honor my birth mother and to not navigate my own family reunions in other ways. Because I felt like I needed to ask her for permission. And it's my life. I can still do these other things and honor her. And so that's one of the many things that were coming up. But when I so when I saw this first cousin of mine on 23andMe and then on Ancestry, I kind of freaked out. <laughs> and in those moments, I was in shock for probably like a day or two. And then when I was with my family and visiting my grandma in San Diego, I was with my cousin. And I remember walking outside and just looking at my cousin sitting on the couch and thinking, oh my God, the beautiful, loving relationship I have with her, I could potentially have with this other cousin. I could potentially grow a, a strong, loving relationship with a biological relative. And... I was just so excited with how excited my grandma was, who's 88 years young, and she was just so thrilled and excited because she's tracked her own ancestry um, all the way back to, I think it was the 16, 1500s, and so she was so excited about this. And um, it took me probably four days to process... Um, and to move through a fear of rejection until I reached out. And a lot of that was tied to the same fantasy that I held with my birth mother. I had the fantasy of meeting someone in person that I looked like, that I resembled me, and seeing, oh, wow, Allie, here you go. Here's a potential of having that moment with someone and it not being my birth mother. I felt extremely excited, but I was also moving through fear of rejection. And a lot of fear of rejection comes up when you want to communicate with a biological family member and you have no idea if they know you exist. And moving through oh shit, I might message this person and they might have no idea I exist and I might just stir the pot in this family and what if I ruin their relationships? What if da-da-da-da-da-da? All these what-ifs come up. And I moved through a lot of it. And I thought, you know what? I won't know unless I try. I won't know unless I do. And it's my journey. Someone cannot reply, and that's fine. There will be others to ask, others to talk to, others to give me more information. And 
I'm just so grateful that her and I have connected and that I have connected with another potential aunt and that I am on my way to learning more about my biological families. And, you know, at the end of the day, I just keep back coming back to the importance of honoring my own journey and knowing, you know what, if someone joins Ancestry DNA or 23andMe, they are opening Pandora's box too. Even if they don't know about me existing, even if they do know about me existing, that's not for me to worry about. It's for me to honor my journey. So any adoptee out there who is either starting to navigate family reunions or deep in it, know to keep coming back to you. Keep coming back to honoring you. If you want to reach out to someone but you aren't sure how, I'm totally here and happy to share types of communication that have helped me navigate these things um, so that you do get a response and that's your what you are saying is met with love. There are definitely better ways to communicate um, and to start slow. You don't have to rush into things and just say, you know, I'm I'm lear- here just trying to learn more about my adoptive family or my biological families and you know, looking for any information I can receive um, is a great way to start. You don't have to say how much you know, how much you don't know. You know, it can just be very simple and appreciative and thankful to them of their time and of their response. And when we operate from love, love comes back to us. When we operate from fear, we don't get the best things back. So if you are in fear and reaching out to people, they might sense that energy behind your communication. So come back to love. Love on yourself first. And love on what's currently present in your life. A lot of what I've been navigating is making sure that before I reach out to anyone, but specifically biological families, of knowing that my life is amazing just as it is. And it took me a lot of healing to get here, a lot of healing to really love myself. And I am finally, (laughs) finally, finally, (laughs) I am in a place where I am my own best friend. My life is full. My life is complete. And Anything outside of myself is just icing on the cake. It's just the cherry on top of that fudge sundae. (laughs) And I'm not looking externally for anyone to fill me, to complete me. I am complete as I am. And biological families coming into my life, that's just more icing on the cake. I am the cake. I'm already full. I'm already complete. There's already icing on it, but it's just the extra sprinkles. So in coming from a place of wholeness, 
and of just, oh, it would be great to know more health information um, is what has helped me navigate this, that I'm not attached to an outcome. I am hopeful that I will get responses, but I'm not fixated or obsessed with someone responding obviously besides my biological mother because I'm still moving through (sighs) releasing outcomes with her um releasing attachment to outcomes with her but know that what's most important when you do navigate biological family reunions is to keep honoring yourself to keep honoring where you're at and if if a relative is super excited and wants to like start this relationship with you, honor yourself first, you know, say, thank you. I would love that, but I'm still processing your existence. I'm still processing all the information I just received. I'm still processing. I need to honor my own time. I need to honor my process. I need to honor my space. I need to honor my emotions before I start navigating this before we start building a foundation for a relationship and know that that's okay. And if someone doesn't honor that, then set a boundary, keep coming back to yourself, keep honoring yourself and know that your journey is your journey. No one else determines what your journey is. And with biological family reunions you might start learning information that's a lot to process you might start learning things that aren't positive about your birth parents or your biological families and that does not determine who you are that does not determine your worth That's just a reflection of who they are or the choices that they have made. And I'm just also thinking about my other clients and support group members of what has really helped all of us in our each individual paths is coming back to knowing that we're not alone that we don't have to navigate these journeys by ourselves, that there are spaces for us adoptees to come together and talk about these things. And that's part of my intention with this podcast is to let you know you're not alone, whether you're adopted or not, whether adoption has any part in your life or not. Um, But specifically for adoptees, there are so many extra layers to our lives than the lives of non-adoptees. And to honor that and to honor your experience and to know that you are loved, you are chosen because you exist. And you create your own identity. No one determines your worth except for you. No one creates your no one tells you who you are except for you and you can create your own identity and that identity can be completely different than the people you were born from and the people you were raised by you create 
who you are. And keep coming back to yourself. Keep coming back to changing your identity as you grow and evolve. And know, just know in your heart, know in your bones that you are loved. That people want you here. And know that you have places to come to. You have, you have an open invitation to my adoptee support group. Our call is every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific. And it's really just a place for us to come together and talk about our lives as adoptees. Sometimes we talk about adoption. Other times we don't because there are so many aspects to life. But know that if you are navigating this, if you want to start navigating family reunions, you don't have to do it alone. Especially when it comes to actually communicating with families. You don't have to do it alone. So reach out to me if you do desire some support or some advice. uh, Please feel free to reach out to me. And you can reach out to me on Instagram or through email or through the support group. And I will put all of those in the show notes. And just know that you are loved. No matter what's happened in your life, no matter where you come from, no matter who you were raised by, you are loved You were chosen to be here. You chose to be here. Your soul chose to be here. And no matter what is happening on your path right now, there is always light. There is always love. And I pray that you see, feel, experience, give, and receive more unconditional love in your life. And that's all for today. I love you all so very much. Thank you for listening. And if there is an adoptee in your life, please share this with them. And may we all come home to ourselves through our hearts. I love you all so very much. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. And remember that you are loved.